I think the intimidation of having to walk out onto that boat every morning and act like I know what I'm doing because you know, it's 50, 50. Some days you're on it and you're like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. And then the next day you're like, oh my God, is this my first time ever picking up a fishing rod? Like what is going on? And so it's just that constant having to reassure myself that like, yes, you're doing this for a reason. Yes. These people hired you because they believe in you, you know, by doing what I do every day and just kind of not that I'm paving the way by any means, but just continuing to do what I do. I hope that someone somewhere is inspired by that. Welcome back to another episode of the Young Guides podcast. I'm Keaton and this is. I'm Kyle. And we want to welcome back to another episode. But before we get into today's show, I just want to talk a little bit about a new opportunity that we have to offer you guys a discount code through Heather's Choice. You can go onto the Heather's Choice website and order anything off of their menu, breakfast, dinners, packaroons. And if you use our discount code, the Young Guides 10, that's the Young Guides 10 at checkout, you can save yourself 10% off of your purchase. You can also find that link in our show notes. You can access the website through our link, make your purchase, and that will go to help us out for the future. Right now, we are offering holiday seasonal packaroons. We have candy cane, Santa's coal, ginger snap, and eggnog. So get those while you can. They're great stocking stuffers. And we really appreciate Heather's Choice helping us out as we get this podcast started. Keaton? What do you got for us next? Awesome. So we have a really great episode coming up. Uh, we got Kylie Roman on. Um, today we are going to be talking about uh, her experience of guiding in Alaska. We're going to hear a little bit about her background. We're going to hear about her schooling. And uh, we're going to just hear about her young guide story. Um, we are really excited to have Kylie on. She is an inspiration to a lot of people. She's a great person, um, working hard in our fisheries and working hard just as an overall outdoors woman. So we're really excited and I think we got some great stuff to share. So without further ado, here's Kylie. Welcome back to the Young Guides podcast. Today, Keaton and I are sitting in with Kylie Roman. Kylie will be talking to us about her background in fly fishing as a guide and some of her current research that she is doing. Um, Keaton, what's going on with you? Oh, nothing much. What's well, uh, just a lot of rain in Seattle today. So looks like, uh, what about you? You've been getting a little bit of snow up there, huh? Yeah, we got uh, about two feet in 24 hours here in Anchorage. I think, I think I was just, I was just talking to my girlfriend about it. I was like, man, if, if we actually like had cold weather and this rain like turned to snow, I think we'd be up there with you. We've had so much rain here in the Seattle area. I mean, it's like there's ponds in the middle of the road. Uh, I mean, you, you guys got snow, but we got a lot of rain here. So. Well, you guys don't know how to drive down there. So yeah, no, no one knows how to drive here. Uh, even our normal usual beautiful dry Ellensburg we've gotten 
raining cats and dogs today. People on the east side of the state really can't drive in the rain. Well, They're like Californians. Never rains there. I know. So today it was like, oh, I feel like I'm at home again. It's like the west side out here. Yeah. 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 Well, sweet. Uh, we're going to get this started with a few questions. Uh, we just want to know, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into fly fishing, hunting, and outdoors. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I grew up in an itty bitty town in Southwest Washington called Yakult. No one knows where that is, but it's north of Vancouver. And I grew up on property and um, I've always had horses. That's another fun fact about me. I'm totally a crazy horse girl. So I've been riding since I was five and I would just ride around like a wild banshee on my pony all over the logging roads, all through the woods. My sister and I were always catching salamanders and snakes and putting them in aquariums and keeping them as pets. So I've always been very, very outdoorsy. And my mom is big into fishing. So her dad always had a house at the coast. And I mean, I remember being like five years old and grandpa would come back and he'd be cleaning salmon or cleaning tuna or whatever. And I was too little to go out on the boat. Cause I mean, they're going out 40, 60 miles in the ocean, but I'd be like poking the eyeballs while they're cleaning fish. And I just loved it. Um, my mom has family in Valdez, Alaska too. So like there's home videos of her six months pregnant with me out like deep sea halibut fishing. You know, she's got like the rod, butt pushed into her belly. So that was me, you know, helping reel in fish in the womb. So I've always been very into the outdoors, but I actually didn't get into fishing really until I was in high school. So I started fly fishing summer of 2015 and started out, you know, small creeks around my hometown. And the first time I picked up a fly rod, the first cast I ever made, like, you know, the whole, oh, like this. And I hooked a fish on a dry fly. <laughs> like, then you're doomed. That's it it's from there. So, that's how it started. And then obviously I moved to Ellensburg for college and I was like, oh my gosh, I literally live five minutes away from like the best trout stream in Washington. And from there, it's just, it's gone out of control as you guys know. <laughs> for sure. And that's where the three of us first met was at Central in Ellensburg. I didn't realize that you two, we all three met at the same time, like the same year. I thought you guys had been friends for a long time. So you, you tricked me. <laughs> no, Kyle and me, I barely knew the guy. I just thought he was some guy when I first met him. So, um, so we became friends a little later in life. Yeah. Well, like you, me yeah. and, and Keegan all met in the first year. And then I, 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 I we talked about it in the previous episodes. I think that that fly fishing club at Central really brought all of us together, right? That was really fun. I do miss that. Yeah. Is that I think that's how I met you, Kylie, is through the fly fishing club that we started at Central. And I think you, me, and Keegan all lived in the same dorm, too, because I would, yeah. like, see the trucks, and I'm like, ooh, fly fishing stickers. I should be friends with them. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Good times. Yeah, good times. And thinking about where we're all at today in the fly fishing community or in the industry and looking back at like where that all started and then how we yeah. how we all kind of came together and were together for that amount of time and the things that we all learned from each other and, and all those things that we did together. And then now now we're, this is where we're at. I think that's pretty cool to see 
where we've all gone. Yeah. I think it's really cool too, because a lot of us had similar mentors here in Ellensburg and like we've worked under a lot of the same people and like it's almost like we we were their their children and we have this similar upbringing and like all these values and and things we've learned in the industry from these people so it's cool to see like that beginning that started in Ellensburg spreading you know to Alaska and to Seattle like it's cool we're doing it Well, I think, uh, like to just add on, I think our, our mentors really show in the, the way we fish and the way we guide. And, uh, I mean, the gratitude that we can't show these, uh, you know, enough to these people that taught us, uh, how to become who we are today. So for sure. So once you came to central, once you came to Ellensburg and you really got into fly fishing, what path did you take from there? Like, like, were you fishing all the time? I know you worked uh, at Richie's shop for a little while. Tell us, tell us your, your kind of your story once you got to Central. Yeah. So, I mean, it was every chance I get. And, and this is so funny because I was literally, before we filmed or we started this tonight, I was listening to Kyle's episode and I was cracking up when you were talking about the Yakima River being a fickle bitch. It is a hard river to fish. So I show up, miss, you know, I've only fished pocket water on creeks with the same elk hair caddis for three years. And I get here and I'm like, oh my God, that river's huge. I can't wait that. So I'm like, you know, I don't have a boat. I don't know anyone, but I'm just like gung-ho. I'm like dead set. I got to figure this out. And so I remember, I think the first fly shop I went into was Whirly Bugger. And I mean, where I'm from, there's not really fly shops. There's Sportsman's Warehouse. And then we did have a fly shop that this sweet old man ran forever and he passed away. So it was like the legacy died with him. So I walk into this fly shop and I'm like overwhelmed because I had never seen anything like that, like with all the materials and just shelves and shelves. And I was like, um, I just moved here and um, I want to go fishing. And so, you know, he, Steve gives me a couple of things. He's kind of eyeing me like, what is this girl doing here? Whatever. And I went straight to Irene and I wait out there and these guys are like fishing under the bridge and I'm like, Hey, and I'm like trying to be all nice. I was like, what, you know, what's been working? It was probably September and they straight up turned and looked at me and they were fly fishing and they said worms. And I was like, Oh, like San Juan worms. And they're like, night crawlers and then they just turned their backs to me (laughs) so that was my first impression of like angling in Ellensburg and I was like okay I'm not gonna let that discourage me I haven't had a negative experience like that since so that was kind of a one and done deal but yeah I was always at Irene because I knew I could wade there I was down at Ump a lot because I knew I could wade there and it was just talking to people at fly shops and learning spots where you can wade because it's, it's a big, scary river. You know, I mean, the flows in the fall are starting to drop, but it's still not safe to be out there as, I mean, I wasn't a super, I'm still not a super experienced wader. I'm kind of a chicken, but, um, and then the first fish I caught was on an October caddis at home. And it was like, you know, like eight inches, man, trophy fish of a lifetime. I was so stoked. And then since then, I've just, I mean, I worked at the shop um, before Rich owned it. So it was actually Garth and Kaya Luke owned it. Um, Took a little break from that and then came back and worked again for Rich 
and I met so many people and I learned so many things and people would, you know, take me fishing on their boats and I, we started running shuttles and I learned all the launches. And so it is just like this insane learning experience. So yeah, I look at the angler I was when I moved here that got told to use night crawlers <laughs> versus now, you know, we're out there almost every single day. And I mean, I don't guide this river, but if I were more experienced on the sticks, I would be something that I'd be like, yeah, I think, I think maybe now I could give it a shot. For sure. It's been a journey. It's been six years. Jeez. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it just seems like, seems like yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a cool thing too about, I felt like the Kittitas Valley and just the Yakima river, like when we, when we all first came into it, it's like, you don't know anything about the river. You don't know anything about, the different shops, the outfitters, anything. But then once you're there for a while and you're working in the industry, whether that be whether you're in a shop or you're guiding, it's like that huge community in the area just like shrinks. And it's like, you know, everybody and everything that goes on. And that, I think, I think that's really cool to kind of see the, the, the kind of like behind the curtains of like what goes on, um, on the Akma river, really. Our, our community is really cool and it's so fun like driving through the canyon you know you know everyone's rigs you know everyone's boats it's like oh there goes so and so and I love that I love that it is it's a community and there's not really a lot of I mean there's always competition got fishing guides are fishing guides but mm -hmm. like there's not a lot of tension I've noticed between guides and shops on the Yakima which is I mean, you guys can probably speak on that more than I can. I'd like to hear some stories on that, but from what I've observed, everyone's pretty, pretty friendly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, everybody's, everybody's out there doing the same thing. We're out, we're all out there to one, teach people, but two, we also all, it's, it's, it's a job. And so we're all working, doing the same thing and trying to support each other. Um, yeah, we, we've definitely had our stories, but for the most part, everybody, everybody gets along pretty well. Yeah. So, uh, I know that you went to Alaska. I can't remember the first year you went to Alaska just to fish. Tell us kind of that path and your first time fishing in Alaska, fly fishing in Alaska and kind of where that led you, um, to kind of further your journey in fly fishing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was, that started it all. So my mom, like I said, she's really into fishing. She's always loved it. And that's something that we share and can do together, which is awesome. And my senior year of high school, my mom was like, okay, we're going to take you on a graduation trip. Where do you want to go? And for me, it was between Montana or Alaska to fish. And we have a really, really close family friend who was a guide at Togiak River Lodge. And she was like, well, we could go with Chris because his, his wife is like our really good friend. So she's like, and then we can go with Babs and it'll be like a fun girls trip. So we did that. And we were up there for King season in 2016. And it was like a week of beautiful, sunny, like 65, 70 degree weather, like more fish than you could count. The people up there are so awesome. And so while I was up there, the lodge owner was like, you really are into fishing. Like if you ever want to come back up and work, we've always got a spot. And I kind of laughed. Like I kind of thought he was joking. 
And, and he's, Chris was like, no, yeah, you should, you should do it. Like we, you know, you'd be perfect. And so I kind of was like, oh yeah, like brush it off. And then I started college the following fall and, uh, became broke very quickly <laughs> because that's what happens. And so by the time, you know, spring was rolling around and summer was coming up, I was like, maybe I should pursue that. So I reached out to the lodge owner. I was like, you guys still got a job for me? He's like, yep, you can come up August and September. And it was like, done deal. He's like, I'll buy you a ticket today. I'm like, are you serious, dude? <laughs> so yeah. So I started out for 2017 and 2018, I worked the summers in the kitchen and doing housekeeping. But I mean, I was so gung-ho with everything. I was out deckhanding on people's boats. I was packaging fish. Like I wanted to be a part of every single piece of the operation at the lodge. Like I loved it so much. And my first summer I went up for a month and my second summer I went up for three months. And then during that second summer, I mean, all the, all the staff is all pretty much like returning guides. So we become a family, you know, you live up there together, you eat together. It's that's your crew. And so they were all kind of pitching shit at me and they're like, why aren't you guiding? I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, well, obviously you're way happier on a boat than in the kitchen. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, I'm not cut out for this. I'm a college student. Like you guys all guide year round. Like, what do you guys, you're crazy. And they're like, well, we're just saying, we think you could do it. And they're just kind of egging me on. And then, I mean, to guide up there at that lodge, you have to get your Coast Guard license. And so I was like, there's no way, like, how am I going to do all this paperwork, pass this test, blah, blah, blah. But then this little fire sparked inside me and I was like, you know what? I bet I could do it just because that's how I am. So I came home in 2018 and I spent 10 days of my winter break as a sophomore in college in Tacoma taking that test as a substantial chunk of change that is not cheap got the license and so I was like okay now what <laughs> so 2019 I went up again and I was still working in the kitchen and everything but I was still so gung-ho I mean I was out on a boat every single day fishing from the bank every single day like all the guides could see it all the clients could see it like that's that's why I was there and so we had a guide get hurt partway through coho season and I had completely come up there prepared to work in the kitchen. Like I didn't bring any, I mean, I brought gear, but not enough to guide. I brought rain gear, but not enough for a whole season kind of thing. And all of a sudden they're like, all right, Kylie, here's your shot. <laughs> I'm like, tomorrow? Like, are you serious? <laughs> they threw me to the wolves, but I did it. And then so I came back when you <laughs> when you started guiding were you just doing did you do gear or was it just like are you guys only fly fishing uh lodge up there or so that's the, how did the cool part is it's kind of both kind of depends on the season so for kings we are mostly gear fishing um mm -hmm. and then when coho season rolls around you can basically client's choice so you kind of don't really know from week to week what you're going to get yeah do you are, are you guys mostly chasing salmon up there are you do you do any like trout fishing or yeah so we market our trips as salmon trips but i mean 
you have clients there for five days. So they get to the point and Kyle can, can relate to this. They catch so many freaking <laughs> fish in the first three days. They're like, my arm hurts. Like I can't catch any more salmon. Their fish box, their 50 pound, pound fish box is full. Like the second day, yep. you can't keep any more fish after that. So it's just like, we go target trout. We go target dollies. And that's really fun. Cause you kind of have to go, um, further up river or into the tributaries because like Kyle was saying last episode, these are, these are meat eating trout. They don't eat bugs. They don't care about your stupid, pretty presentation of your hopper. They're like, Nope, meat, meat, meat. So yeah. they follow your spawning, your spawning sockeye up, up the tributaries. And like you throw a bead pattern in there and before it even hits the water, you've got like a monstrous trout on there. <laughs> yeah. so those are fun. But it's kind of a hassle to get to the spots to get to them. And then you're like paranoid about bears the whole time because you're you're out there. Yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So so that was in 2019 you're talking about, right? Yeah. So that was my my kind of debut as a guide. <laughs> gotcha. Yes. And so have have you been back there since or or back to Alaska guiding since then? Yes. So 2020, obviously shit hit the fan, um, didn't go up there because of COVID. And then 2021, I really was not planning on going up there because I was supposed to be using my whole summer to do my field research for my master's degree. And, um, (laughs) the owners of the lodge kind of called me and they're like, Hey, we need a guide for coho season. And I was like, yeah, wishful thinking, like, I wish I could come up. And then we had on the east side of Washington, the big public land closure, all the DNR land closed because of fire hazard and fires that were happening. Mm -hmm. So I, I had nine research sites in Kittitas County, and I lost access to like six of them during that time. So I was like, I think it's a sign. <laughs> I called him and I was like, okay, I've got 16 days. Like book, book me a flight. I'm on my way. <laughs> that was that. That's <laughs> awesome. We can't do it. So, yeah. so, so you, and that was back at Togiak River Lodge. You did that for the, for the coho season. Yes. So I went up, it was, it's kind of funny. Cause usually, like I said, we do five day trips, but I went up during a weird period where they did a five day trip and then a three day trip and then a seven day trip. So I got to work with three different groups and I'm super lucky because I mean, I've worked at that lodge, not guiding for so many years that I know the program. I know the crew really well. They're my family at this point. And then we have so many returning guests that from year to year, we see the same faces, you know, they're, they're my friends on Facebook, like all that kind of stuff. So going back up there as a full-time, you know, to guide, not to work in the kitchen like all of our returning clients were like, Oh my gosh, you're here. We're so excited. We hope we're on your boat. And so that was like very heartwarming because I love that place. I love those people. It's awesome. That's super cool. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned um, before you went up guiding uh, that you're doing some beaver research. Um, Tell some people about, uh, like your degree and how you got to that point. Yeah. So actually my undergrad degree was from central as well. And I got it in environmental science. 
And it's funny because when I first got to college, I wanted to be a vet. I, again, horse girl in me, I was like, I want to be a vet. Then I started looking into vet school and how much that costs and the salary you make. And it's just not really realistic. And so I started off as a biology major. And then that first summer I went up and worked in Alaska. I was like mind blown by this pristine ecosystem and like seeing how a salmon river should look, you know, undammed, unpolluted, barely touched by humans. And that like inspired something in me. And I was like, we could, we should have this in Washington and Oregon. Our states are very similar in climate. Like what, what is happening here? So that kind of brought me to change my major. So my sophomore year of college, after that trip to Alaska, I changed to environmental science and focused very heavily on like watersheds, water resources, um, the policy behind that. And then towards the end of my senior year, my advisor was like, have you ever considered getting a master's? I was like, hell no, I don't want to do that. I'm done here. (laughs) Somehow they roped me in. They bribed me with a job where I worked for the college and then they would pay most of my tuition. So that's kind of how I got into the master's program. And it was still following that path of like, I love fish. I'm the crazy fish girl. Like I, I've seen these pristine ecosystems and I want to keep that going for as long as we can. So my original thesis topic was supposed to be salmon habitat within beaver ponds. Um, And for a lot of people, like if we have listeners that have gotten a master's degree or written a thesis, your proposal topic never ends up being your actual thesis. Um, There's a lot of roadblocks and twists and turns that get in the way. So what had happened was Mid-Columbia Fisheries Enhancement Group, which is a fisheries restoration group in central Washington, they had done a project from like 2011 to 2015 where they captured beavers in the Kittitas Valley that were nuisance beavers and then moved them out of like urban areas or agricultural areas and relocated them to tributaries, hoping that they would like restore floodplains and do all their beaver stuff. But then they like lost them. They don't know if they moved to other streams, if they were, you know, subject to predation. So they kind of had to like abandon ship on that project. And so I came in and wanted to go kind of find maybe where those beavers went. And then if they were creating pond habitats where juvenile salmon could grow up in, you know, over the winter. That's how it started. But with all the roadblocks I had this summer with the public land closures, and then we had equipment that never showed up in the mail and all that fun stuff, it broadened out. And now it's just like beaver habitat and what they can do for the watershed. So still fish related, just not as fish focused. That's super cool. And that's, I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't know about, like how important beavers are for the ecosystem, for the fish. And I think it's really cool that that's what you're kind of tailoring your research to, because that's something I feel like a lot of people don't know about. Yeah, they are. I mean, the number one thing that I think is so cool is they, you know, obviously they, they, dam our tributaries, block our, our smaller streams coming into the Yakima. So when we have snowmelt and runoff in the spring, 
they're trapping that and then it's more slowly released throughout the summer. So we don't get big washouts and big blowouts in the spring and we can get, you know, cool water coming down later in the season than we would. So it's like a, a much more obviously natural and sustainable way to regulate runoff without having to put man-made dams in there. So they're cool. I have grown quite fond of beavers in the last two years. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So Kylie, where do you see uh, this research taking you? Like what's your end goal um, with your research, getting your degree and where is that going to take you? So I'm pretty lucky with this degree because it's really broad. So I don't have to pick like my dream job is working exactly for this agency in this position. Um, I would like to work for a state agency in Washington, whether it's DNR, Fish and Wildlife, kind of wherever there's a job opening, I think that's going to be fitting for me. Um, I have been looking at job postings lately, like, cause I want to move back to where my parents are. So in the Vancouver, Portland area. Um, and there was one the other day that was like a wetland specialist for some private sector group in Portland. And I was like, it's perfect. Beavers, wetlands, I can do that. But um, there were some other positions that, I mean, you, you think of the general like fish biologist, like stream ecologist. There was one that was unique that I hadn't seen before that was like biologist and like recreational coordinator or something, which I was like, uh, that sounds like a fishing guide that does her master's degree. Hello. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, it was like, it was like teaching, um, like sustainability and conservation to people as well as like kind of doing lab work and field work for some, some company. So I, again, it's like, I don't have some dream specific ideal job, but it will definitely be working for a state agency to do conservation and habitat restoration work. Or I could just pull a Kyle and move to Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what I want to do, but <laughs> do it there's there's plenty of room up here at what i've found <laughs> you guys are all in a circle hugging each other trying to stay warm <laughs> i know it don't lie to me kyle burning seal oil and <laughs> <laughs> pretty much oh man all right so i want to circle kind of back around you you've uh explained about your research and stuff um but we're gonna like get to the you know what this podcast is about um what was it like being that that quote unquote young guide when you're up in Alaska? Yeah, it's a doozy. Um, like I said, the first year I wasn't planning on guiding. I got completely thrown to the wolves, but I am super, super, super grateful for the lodge that I work at and all of the staff there because I have gotten so much support. They have been so encouraging to me. Like, they're they're the big dogs like we've got guides the best of the best from Oregon Washington Idaho and California so it's like it's pretty intimidating going out there and guiding next to these guys that do it for a living year round and I take my summers off from college and go play and drive a boat around and pretend like I know how to fish so it's it's intimidating but I have been super super lucky to work there for so long and kind of learn from them and, and have all these mentors before I laced up my guiding boots. So I had gotten to learn, you know, they'd take me out all the time after lunch 
with clients, show me their spots, show me how they tie up their rigs, which is like, like fangirling, you know? And so I, I had some rough days, some rough weeks. It's hard. It's exhausting. You know, it's every single day, grind, grind, grind. It's windy. It's cold. It's rainy. Or then the flip side of that, it's like 85 degrees and you're like right underneath the sun in Alaska. So you just bake. So it's brutal, but, um, I learned a lot about my work ethic and my dedication to something that I'm passionate about. And I could have never, ever, ever done it without the support that I had from the crew up there. They're so awesome. Super cool. Yeah. Alaska, the season is so short that you have to grind pretty much every day. It sucks, but the, if that's kind of the name of the game up here, I feel like for sure. You don't even get a chance for your waiters to dry out and you put them on the next morning and you're like, Oh my God, (laughs) this is cold. Another day. (laughs) And it's so just wet that Mm -hmm. nothing ever dries. Mm -hmm. Well, and then like we, I mean, like with your trips, you did that, that fly-in trip, but for the most part, are you doing like a day trip and then you come home or? Yeah. Either come home, um, which is an hour and a half each way. So coming home, um, or staying up there uh, in a trailer. So like done, it's done at the end of the day, um, where you can dry out and, and sleep in a, in a bed. Um, but yeah, it's a little different. We're not like out somewhere like what you're doing when you're there like you are there for that amount of time where I could come home or I could go somewhere else uh, I'm not isolated in that sense yeah we're we're pretty lucky we we're, we live pretty bougie out there in the lodge I mean we have beds and hot water and you can't drink the water but at least you can take <laughs> a shower but um I mean our generator shuts off at at 10 at night so you better get your shower in and dry out your boots before you get your power gets turned off. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Time flies with the headlamp. Yeah. Um, That's it's awesome. Fun. It's fun, fun experience. So what was, so I guess the question would be, have you had any challenges as a new guide, whether that be with yourself, um, with clients, your confidence, kind of tell us about, things that you've thought about, about guiding that, um, you kind of had to overcome or, or things that you think maybe have, have helped you to get to where you are now. Yeah, I definitely had a lot of self-doubt starting out because again, like I, I, yeah, I've been fly fishing since I was 17, but in reality, that's not really that long. Um, I don't run a jet boat except for when I go up there, like, I don't do this for a living at home. And so it is just, I think the intimidation of having to walk out onto that boat every morning and act like I know what I'm doing because, you know, it's 50, 50, some days you're on it and you're like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. And then the next day you're like, oh my God, is this my first time ever picking up a fishing rod? Like what is going on? And so it's just that constant having to reassure myself that like, yes, you're doing this for a reason. Yes. These people hired you because they believe in you. Um, again, I'm super lucky with all my, my mentors kind of being up there in one spot to like pick me up and pat me on the back every day. 
but then it is, it's every day. You don't get a day to recoup and replan and figure it out. It's like, get up in the morning and you got to have a plan. And if you want to go to a spot and you get there and someone's already there, then you've got to have a backup spot and then another backup spot. And sometimes the fish want pink. Sometimes they want purple. Sometimes they want nothing. So it's like, it's kind of what you said in your last podcast, like having the confidence in yourself to know that you can have a whole bag of tricks to select from and trying new things and asking for help. That is the biggest thing, not being too proud to ask for help. You got to stay humble, especially as the young guides that we are. Again, we're working with the big dogs, best of the best in the industry. And most of the time, if you ask them for help, they're like, Oh, hell yeah, I've got this and this. And they're super stoked to like pass on the knowledge, at least from what I've experienced and so it is that staying humble and recognizing the days that you need help (laughs) and not being too proud to ask for that help super important you know the the one thing that i've found as being in like a brand new guide this year is uh you know even though you got to be humble and kind you also got to come out with a sense of like confidence like you're saying you got to know you, know, you got to get out there and be like okay you know they hired me for a reason but i think what a lot of people don't realize and uh and sometimes even i forget is that we're gambling on mother nature um so she changes every day so one day you know you're out there and it's the fishing's it's like you know they're eating this jig or they're they're eating this fly every every cast almost and then the next day you take out another set of clients and you set them up same spot same bug same jig same you know everything and they um it, it just doesn't work for you and you can try switching it up switching it up and it's just the way it goes sometimes but uh like i said you know just having that level of confidence is really important and adding to the gambling on mother nature thing I have clients that I've taken out that have been coming to this river and fishing this river for 15 plus years. So their expectations are through the roof. And I am like, well, (laughs) we're going to catch what we can catch today, boys. And they're like, you know, telling stories. I remember we sat in this hole in 2010 and we caught 50 fish in five minutes. I'm like, that's really awesome. (laughs) Like, Hopefully we can do that not going to happen, but like, yeah, that's kind of stressful is knowing I, I love the brand new clients that have never been there. Cause they're mind blown, mind blown. And then there's a guy that's like, um, I'm sick of this spot. We've caught 50 fish here. I want to go somewhere else. <laughs> like, yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. I'd, I'd take out brand new anglers every single time. If I could, they're so I remember, full of excitement. <laughs> uh, yeah. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, I, we had a, we had a brand new, new guy that started this year. He was like 18 or 19 and and he was, he was like at the bottom of the totem pole. And so I had seniority and I would always be taking like, well, at the, we'd be at the boat bar in the beginning of the day and be like, what trip are you going to take? I'm like, Oh, I'm going to take these guys. And he's like, Oh, well, if you don't want the experienced people, I'm like, hell yeah, I don't want the experienced people. I want to take out the newbies. You get the experienced guys. Have fun. <laughs> They have expectations. Dude, I, I took out some clients uh, like a few weeks ago and uh, this guy hooks a giant whitefish 
and like your older clients you know they get a whitefish they're like ah oh, it's just a whitefish this guy was like jumping up and down he's like dude this whitefish is amazing he's like if they could jump this would be like even better you know and that's just like i was just like man you know this is exciting you know and i i just get i get pumped for them too so um but yeah the the new clients are are a fun one to take out not you know not bashing on all this and you know the people that have come out with us but uh we love our new clients <laughs> we love our old ones too but man yeah. as a new guide it's like oh my god you've been here longer than me you should be running the boat <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome oh so i had a you know we talked about you being the young guide um but i wanted it this is kind of a touchy uh, question but what about uh like being a woman in the outdoor industry do you ever face challenges do you ever feel like uh do you have you ever had someone get on a boat and be like uh you know a little questionable or anything along that line um i think i've been really lucky because i mean i can count my negative experiences and my challenges with that on one hand and that's not everyone's experience but i'm hoping you know, by doing what I do every day and just kind of, not that I'm paving the way by any means, but just continuing to do what I do. I hope that someone somewhere is inspired by that, you know? So it's funny that you say, yeah, like <laughs> we had clients. So we, they fly in to our airport and I say airport because it's a gravel strip and we have, you know, we bring five boats down to the bay because our lodge is six miles up the river. And then the airport is in the village, which is down in the bay. And oh my God, what a nightmare that is. Cause the channel changes in that bay every single day when the tide goes in and out. So we're piling up boats left and right. We're just trying to get to the boat trailers. And then we, we haul a boat up to the plane, unload all the luggage, pile all the clients in a van, drive them to a literal beach. It's like freaking, what is Normandy? Like it's just boats and people everywhere. <laughs> pile them up in the boat and they're like kind of culture shocked because they just drove through this like literal like Alaska Street State Troopers episode village and they get on these boats and then we go ripping 30 minutes up the river and they're just like, what just happened? So yeah, one day this guy gets in my boat and looks at me and straight up goes, you know how to run this thing? And so that's where I have to just keep my sense of humor. And I'm like, you know, it's my first day. We'll see. And like, they kind of nervously laugh. And then I just do it. You know, that's the only way to prove that you can do it is just do it. Like it's hard sometimes it's nerve wracking, but that's how I've gotten through it so far. And yeah. Just stay after it. Keep, yeah, I'm hammering the nail. So I'm trying to think of any other like challenges aside from that kind of. I mean, there's always the snobby people on Instagram. Um, that is where I get really like I I don't I'm not very confrontational, and like I said, I kind of use humor to like squirm my way out of everything. But I can't really do that on social media, and it's such a pain in the butt sometimes because I get nasty comments every once in a while. And I just delete them. But there was one guy who commented on a picture and the story was we had the boat anchored up right above Umtana bridge on that flat. And it was 
caddis season. So it was just nuts. They're all tucked in under those trees, you know? And, um, the boat was anchored up. Cannon was upriver for me fishing and I had hooked a freaking toad on a teeny tiny itty bitty caddis and the current's just ripping cause it's summer and the flows were high. So I like dive bomb, jump out of the boat and like chase this fish downstream so I can net it without breaking it off. And so I posted a picture and I said, um, something like this fish was worth jumping out of the boat for or something like that. And this guy who I don't know who he is, just some jack wagon on Instagram was like, you know, chasing fish down the river is a really bad um, um, fish fighting style and really bad technique. And we should try to keep the fish alive, sweetie. And it would have been fine until he called me sweetie. <laughs> That's where I tripped the line. I was like, you know, you weren't there. You don't know the situation. So I don't really appreciate your comments. <laughs> and then that's that. I think staying the bigger person and holding your ground when you need to, but then most of the time just kind of brushing it off and adjusting your hat and moving on with life is the best way to handle that. Yeah, I can, I can, um, I can, I can vouch for that too, because I've had people experience like comment on my appearance or the way I look. And it's like, but if you click on their profile, most of the time, they are like nothing they're like in their mom's basement have nothing better to do and you're like am i really you know at first you're like man this sucks this guy you know he felt the need to come onto my profile and say this but at the end of the day it's like i'm out here doing what i love i'm in the best place that i can be and you're probably sitting downstairs in a dark hole so just you know brush it off get rid of it keep on trucking with the day yeah yeah that's you're right yeah crazy stories and yeah well and that's i mean male female angler it doesn't matter there's just always trolls out there just wanting to ruin someone's day <laughs> they're mad because they're out fishing yeah well, and yeah you're right i clicked on his profile he didn't even have any pictures no I, <laughs> yeah it's probably like a robot or something you know <laughs> who knows but that's lame you know no one deserves that so so kind of talked about yourself the guide your research again as a young guide as a uh, woman in the industry where do you see yourself in five years from now whether that be guiding or working in your field that you're studying right now what's that next five years ten years maybe what's that going to look like in the future I see myself on a yacht with a margarita (laughs) (laughs) saltwater fishing no um I definitely want to move back to where my parents are and that'll be cool because, oh, big news, big surprise here. Um, my boyfriend and I just bought a 20 foot Aluma Weld sled. So <laughs> we'll be oh, down on the Columbia and there will be lots of salmon fishing and crabbing and all that fun stuff in our future. Um, so with that being said, I will continue with my, you know, restoration work, wanting to work for an agency living down there. But Cannon, who actually might be another good young guide for you guys, because he's he's a baby. He's 21. Um, he's hoping to start guiding trips down to Columbia. So we were kind of thinking, like, well, I have my Coast Guard license. Like, how cool would it be to kind of do like a his and hers guide business? Because I don't really know. I've never really heard of that anywhere else. So that could potentially be in the five-year plan. 
That's pretty sweet. I was actually at work today. I was like, you know, we're talking to Kylie tonight and I bet Cannon would be another good person to talk to. Yeah. He'd be great actually, because he, okay. I don't remember Kyle was your, one of you majored in business, right? Made a what? Majored in business. Maybe. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, I didn't. Maybe Keegan's girlfriend. <laughs> that would be far <laughs> off. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> that's Cannon's major. So from that, he like started his own guide business. I don't want to like go off and tell his story, but it's just funny how people from different backgrounds with different degrees, like all find each other through fishing. <laughs> so yeah. To be continued on that story. <laughs> yeah, that's a little cliffhanger for the next one. <laughs> so before we transition into our rapid fire question round, mm -hmm. We're going to be asking all of our future guests, is there anything that we haven't talked about or we haven't asked you that you think you should share, um, whether that be just you experiencing the outdoors, fly fishing, I know you guys do some hunting, um, guiding, your research, is there anything that you feel you want to add that we haven't already talked about? Um, I'm going to throw a plug for Togiak River Lodge in here. <laughs> if you want to book a trip of a lifetime to catch kings or silvers. And you want to be in remote Bristol Bay, togiakriverlodge.com or on Facebook. They're awesome. They're booked out through 2023 right now. So keep that in your five-year plan <laughs> if you want to go. Um, other than that, I think we covered a lot of good stuff. I feel like, I mean, I could talk for hours and hours about my appreciation for all my mentors and fellow guides in Togiak. But again, that would go on for like six episodes because they're all the bomb so <laughs> other than that I think that's if, about it if someone wanted to follow you via social media where would be the best place to find you instagram i am at kai on the fly which actually funny story that started as a joke like i was like how funny because it was at the time where girls were making like a finstagram which i don't know what that means is that supposed to be like their fun Instagram, Instagram? I don't know. Fake something. I mean, there's like, there's a bunch of, everyone's got, everyone that does something different has a explanation for it. Yeah, like a Finsta or a Finsta. So I was like, what about a fishing Insta? A Finsta. And then Kyle on the Fly was born. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Love a good song. There you go. Um, are you going to be guiding up? on in Togiak next year at all or do you know what that's gonna look like uh yes for sure for coho um I'm still a little bit too intimidated to do kings because it's a lot more technical bait fishing gear fishing um and it's tough our king runs have been pretty bleak the last few years I mean not in comparison to Washington by any means but I'm hoping to be up there for at least part of king season to at least work around the lodge but yes i will be guiding coho next year heck yeah well sweet i think this is a good time to kind of transition into our rapid fire questions I'm scared <laughs> you should be <laughs> i wrote right, Keaton, all of them i i did I, I wrote them on my lunch break today journalism 
Keaton, do you wanna do you wanna start out asking the yeah. the first question? Yeah, He's we can like set a timer. <laughs> no, I was just kidding about the timer. We're not actually doing the timer. <laughs> All right, these are kind of speed round questions, so think fast. Um, so, what is your favorite fish? Anadromous ones. How about that? <laughs> okay, that's odd, but yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> Okay, out of all the anatomous ones, what's your favorite one? Favorite salmon? Let's go salmon. Oh, my coho. They're so fun. They're so acrobatic and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What is your, uh, what's your dream destination to go fly fishing at? Uh, Bahamas. I like it. <laughs> What's your favorite meal and or drink that you will take with you when you go fishing? Beer. <laughs> what kind of beer? What what beer specifically? Oh man, I love a nice cold Rainier on the river. Washington girl. Um, what's you? What are you going to be eating for lunch? What's your What's your favorite river meal? Um, ribeyes. <laughs> Fancy. What uh, is your favorite music to listen to while driving to do outdoor things? Um, some good pump up country. There you go. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. So you're headed out the door to do outdoorsy things, whether you're hunting, or you're fishing, going hiking. What is the first thing that you grab? What's the most important item in your kit that you will not leave the house without? My hydro flask, actually, my water. <laughs> that's a that's a good one. Keaton, you're muted. Uh, what, <laughs> sorry. Oops. Uh, what's something you wish you knew when you first started uh, fly fishing, fishing, anything along hunting? Um, not to tie a streamer to five X tippet. <laughs> <laughs> That was a tough lesson to learn for me. Bye bye, Dolly Lama. Yep. Oh, five dollars. It hurt really bad. The yeah, worst yeah. part is when you like oh the one that gets me is when I throw a dry fly and it breaks off and you can see the dry floating down the river and you're like, man, I'm just waiting for a fish to smack. <laughs> for sure. That's the something I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Well, wow. what's something you would tell a new guide or somebody coming into the industry that you wish you knew when you started? Don't be too serious. You got to keep it light and fun. Like it's your job, but you're also an entertainer. So. Gotcha. All right. So there's one thing that me and Kyle and I like to continue. We like to end the podcast with your favorite guide story. Okay. Let's do it. Oh man, I have to pick one. Yeah. Um, okay, so this summer actually, I had a three day trip with a dad and his son, and his son was eight. And it was like my first trip of the season. And this kid was busy, 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 like had to have a fish on at all times. And thankfully, his dad could fish. He was a good angler. So I only had to like babysit one. But the dad wanted to catch a salmon on a fly rod. But the kid wanted to try, even though he'd never picked up a fly rod before in his life. And I got the kid on a coho on a fly first before the dad. And he was like 
screaming and he like couldn't lift the rod up and I'm like trying to hold it for him and help him and then dad netted the fish we all just kind of stood there in silence like did that really just happen and then we're like Woo! jumping up and down on the boat and like one of my co co-workers drives by and they're all waving and oh my gosh it was so awesome that kid talked about it he was in the lodge in his footy pajamas telling the story about the fish on the fly rod at dinner that night that's awesome so cute I could totally see Keaton being that kid in no onesie at the lodge talking about a big cohesion class in there. Well, then the whole staff joked, we're like, why don't we all have matching onesies? What the hell? <laughs> Honestly, adult onesies are making a come, like they're making a, either comeback or I don't know if they're a little thing, but they're, just, they're pretty sick. So I might get one. You might see one <laughs> in front of a Christmas tree this year with me in a onesie. So. A young guide's uniform. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You have to wear that under your waders. It's required. It might be a good, like, underlayer, you know? Who knows? It's just long drums. Yep. Well, awesome. Thanks for coming on the podcast with us, Kylie. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. It was super yeah. fun. This was great. Well, as always, thank you for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. We can't do it without you people that uh, tune in, listen, follow us on Instagram. Um, if you're not following us on Instagram, follow us at the Young Guides Podcast. Um, we give updates on when we're posting a podcast or anything upcoming. Um, once again, thanks for listening. I'm Keaton. I'm Kyle. I'm Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the podcast. Thank you. Catch you next time.